Welcome to New Life with Adam Camp. This podcast is a ministry of Rosemont Baptist Church in LaGrange, Georgia. Please visit us on the web at rosemontchurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning, open to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. If you didn't bring your Bible or don't have one, we'd love for you to take one in the seat in front of where you're sitting. It's a black hardback book. You can take that out. Open up to page 977. 977 is Ephesians chapter 4. We're continuing our study this morning that we've entitled Defining Us. Connect, Grow, Serve. It's a picture of the vision of our church, where we want to go, how we believe the Lord is leading us. And so every sermon over the last several weeks, we've started by reading this vision statement and then kind of working through it, teaching through it, understanding it from a biblical perspective. And so I want to read it again to you this morning and I want you to see it and understand it, and, and hopefully it's, it's becoming a, a kind of a part of, of what you think about when you think of our church, and, and, and maybe it's uh, becoming something that you're uh, thinking about a little more often. That's what we want it to be. That's how we want to challenge you with it. But I'm going to read it this morning for us together. Connect with Jesus and his church. Grow in faith and understanding of God's word. Serve Jesus here and around the world. And so for the first five uh, weeks of this sermon series that we're preaching... I talked about connecting to Jesus and to his church. I talked about salvation. I talked about the Lord's Supper. I talked about baptism, church membership. Last week, we talked about worship. And I just want to say this again and just challenge you again and and really just encourage you again. uh, Encourage you again. Be sure you understand salvation. Be sure you understand what it means. Be sure that you've kind of come to terms with that in your own life. Because I I fear that there, there are far too many people in the modern church that maybe uh, prayed a prayer years and years ago when they were a child, have never really grown in their faith, don't really understand what salvation means, and I I just worry for their salvation and place in heaven. Because a a, a lot of people have the misunderstanding that they think that once you accept Christ, you've been given this ticket, you put it in your back pocket, it's fire insurance, one day when you're gone, you kind of punch your ticket to heaven, and you don't have to worry about anything else. I would say to you that when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's not the end of your journey, it's the beginning of your journey. And so we, we need to understand that and, and kind of see that from a biblical perspective. So we talked a lot about connecting and salvation and what that means. And this week we're starting kind of the second part of this vision statement, grow in faith and understanding of God's word. And so one of the things we've done to help you understand this and, and to help you grow and to help you continue to connect as we've created now another five-week devotion guide. I hope all of you picked up one of these for the first five weeks. It's filled with information about the sermons that we're preaching. We're doing the same thing in Sunday school that we're doing in the worship service, filled with good commentary. It's filled with personal devotions. Uh, This particular one is filled with some scripture memorization that I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. We want every person to have one of these. You can pick one up in your Sunday school classes, in your small group, or you can walk out to our Connect desk this morning and grab one as well. Or we have an online version. You can go to rosemontchurch.org. Under the resource tab, you can download this as well. We would love for you to spend time reading this, understanding it. Read it to your kids. Read it to your spouse. Read it yourself. Whatever you want to do. But we want to use that as a tool for you to continue to connect, to continue to grow, to figure out how the Lord would have you to serve. And so this morning we're going to be in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 4 especially. And the reason we picked this is because Ephesians is a very interesting book. 
Some of you that have been around for a while will remember that the first book I ever preached through as a pastor of this church was the book of Ephesians. We called it Ancient Truth Modern Church. And if you remember, this was back before we remodeled our sanctuary, we had all the columns up here and we made it look like an old building that had kind of fallen down. And we just worked through Ephesians. And I loved Ephesians because really the first half of Ephesians is very theological. There's a lot of doctrine in there. You can learn about who God is and about his power and the glory of Christ and the unity of the body. But beginning really in chapter 4, Paul kind of turns it a little bit and he moves from the idea of doctrine and theology to the more of the practical so in chapter 4, we get a lot of practical teachings about who we should be, how we should live. And in this particular case, in Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16, we're going to see this idea of growth. And so this morning, I want you to kind of think about the idea of Christian growth, of developing your walk, of growing in your faith and your understanding of God's Word. So Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 11. And he, and this is Jesus that Paul's talking about here in Ephesians 4, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Now, I want you to understand this text. I want you to understand this truth. I want you to understand this in the context of our vision statement and kind of where we're going. And so I'm going to give you this first truth, and I want to kind of challenge you and think back through it together. Truth number one. We grow in our faith by understanding that there is an expectation that we should be growing in our faith. Let me say that again. We grow in our faith by understanding that there is an expectation that we should be growing in our faith. Right? I want you to get this. I want you to hear this. I want you to know this and understand this scripturally. There is a clear expectation and directive in scripture that you should regularly and consistently throughout your life be growing in your faith. Right? There, there, there's no expectation of being stagnant. There's no expectation of being the same person now that you were 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years ago. There's no expectation that you're not growing and developing in your walk with Christ. There is, however, an expectation that you should be deepening your walk. You should be deepening your faith. You should be deepening your understanding of Christ. And so as we walk through this this morning and we challenge you with this idea, you should be asking yourself the question... Am I growing in my faith? Do I look different now than I did years ago? What am I doing? What am I intentionally doing to increase my faith, to grow in my understanding of who Christ is and in his word? Now, I want to point out some scripture to you. I want you to see this. I want you to understand it. I want you to just take my word for it. I want you to kind of see. I'm just going to give you a few, and there are probably dozens in the New Testament. But just a few verses that remind us of the importance of growing in our faith. So, for example... 
Luke chapter 17, verse 5, the apostles speaking to Jesus says, the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Right, there's the idea that our faith should be increasing. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, therefore let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, right? And then we see this passage in Ephesians chapter 4. And Paul uses all these phrases that point to this idea of growth, right? Not stagnation, not being the same as we've always been, not looking the same as we've always looked. But instead, Paul uses words like mature, phrases like fullness of Christ, no longer children, growing up, making the body grow, building itself up, all within the span of just a few verses. Why? Because Paul wants us to understand there is an expectation that we should be growing in our faith. Now, here's a problem for far too many believers. It's not easy to do, is it? It's not easy to do. And so what far too many people do is they just kind of do the things they've always done and they can't quite figure out why they don't feel uh, the growth of Christ or closer to the Lord. They don't quite understand why they're not deepening their walk and deepening their faith. And you need to understand that growth in Christ is not going to happen automatically. It doesn't happen by itself. In fact, what I would say to you is you should be intentional about your growth. I would say to you, you need to set out a plan for your growth in Christ. Now, I'm going to come back to that idea here in just a few minutes, and I'm going to challenge you and give you some examples of what that might look like. But before I do, I want to make a point that I think a lot of people miss. I, I talked about this last week, and I made the case when it comes to worshiping the Lord, that there's kind of a difference between worshiping the Lord because you have to and worshiping the Lord because you want to. I would say there, there are a lot of people that kind of see their Christian growth like this. They, they, they desire to grow in Christ or they think they need to grow in Christ simply because they're commanded to and they do things simply because it's a, it's a, a commandment, something they have to do, never really understanding that to truly grow in Christ, you need to move from beyond the I have to to the I want to. Right? It's not that somebody's forcing you to do it. It's that you love the Lord so much that you just want to be in his presence. It's not that it's just this road, I just have to check the boxes off and I better do my quiet time and I better read scripture and I better pray. It ought to be, I love the Lord so much that I want to be in his word. That I want to be challenged in my faith. That I want to hear from him. And so I would say to you, listen, if you're not to the point yet that you love the Lord so much that you want to do those things, you start by doing it because you're supposed to. All the while praying that the Lord would break your heart, change your mindset, help you understand that you need to figure out and learn and develop this desire to love him more, to seek him more, to trust him more, right? Because we don't ever want to do these things. We don't ever want to try to grow in our walk with Christ simply because we have to. We want to do it because we want to. Because the goal is not simply to read our Bible and to pray. The goal is Christ-likeness. You understand the difference? The goal is not just to check a bunch of boxes off of a sheet of paper somewhere. When you check those boxes off, it ought to lead you to this place of Christ's likeness. And so if you're doing all this stuff and you're not more like Christ, there's a, there's a mistake somewhere. There's a disconnect somewhere. And so, and so I want to kind of help you understand what this might look like. I want to kind of challenge you. You say, yeah, 
yeah, I get it. Uh, typically, I've done a quiet time, or maybe I've done some scripture reading or, or some memorization or some prayer. But I usually do it because I feel like I have to. I don't know that I've ever really done it because I really want to, and I'd like to move in that direction. What do I need to do? Well, one of the things we've, we've kind of been thinking about as a team a, a, a lot through this series is how we can challenge you to do something more. And so in the first section, the Connect with Jesus and His Church, we challenge you to be part of a small group. And I'm going to do that again, by the way. I'm going to challenge you. Every person that attends this church ought to be a part of a small group somewhere. Sunday school class on a Sunday morning or a small group that meets at some other time or place during the week. And you can go to the Connect desk and learn more about it. If you hadn't signed up for one of those, a lot of people took me up on that. A lot of people that were not in a small group are now. We need to continue that trend. That was the challenge kind of for the first section of this vision series that we're doing. But the next section, grow, we just started thinking and praying as a team. What can we do to challenge our people? What can we do to help them grow? What's something we can, we can give them that they can latch on to, that they want to do, that maybe we can work on together? And so we started thinking, listen, if you really want to talk about deepening your walk, deepening your faith, growing in Christ, I believe one of the best things you can do to allow that to happen and to facilitate that in your life and in your heart is to memorize Scripture. I challenged you several weeks ago, and I've had a lot of people comment to me about this. Could you say one scripture verse for every year you've been alive? So we're going to start right over here. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. We are going to challenge you with something. We as a team want to challenge our church during these next two sections to memorize scripture. Not just any scripture, not just you pick your own random scripture. We're going to memorize a portion of scripture together, and it's a, it's a rather large portion of scripture. I want our church to memorize John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. That's 18 verses. You say, I can't do it. I, yes, you can do it. I promise you can do it. And here's the goal. We're going to work on this every week. I'm going to read this out loud every week. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to give you some tools and some tricks here in the next few minutes uh, that will help you do this. And then the goal and the vision is Christmas Eve, right? We do a Christmas Eve service. We've done it. Every year, it's on the 24th this year, by the way. You can put it on your calendars, okay? A few of y'all got that, okay. It's always on the 24th. Anyway, we're going to do the Christmas Eve service on the 24th. And the vision is when we finish this thing out with the candles, let's recite John chapter 1, 1 through 18 together as a congregation because we've memorized it. It's now in our hearts and we're going to take it out into the world, and we're going to take the light of Christ, which is what John 1, 1 through 18 is all about, and share it with the world. Some people have called this kind of the Mount Olympus of spiritual texts. It's a beautiful picture of Christ, of his preexistence, of his eternity past and eternity future, and all he's done for us, and how he came to the earth and gave himself for us. So I'm going to challenge you to memorize John chapter 1, 1 through 18. Now, to start this off, we're going to read it together this morning. We're going to read it out loud, all of us. And yes, that means you, okay? We're not going to allow you just to read it quietly in your heart. We want you to read it out loud so people can hear you. Now, one side note before we get to this. This is the ESV, right? That's what I preach out of. That's the Bible that's in the back of the seat where you're sitting. I'll give you, just a, I'll give you a, an out on this, right? You say, I don't know if I can memorize the ESV. If you have it memorized in another scripture and can recite it to me from memory, then you're exempt. Otherwise, you're going to memorize it in the ESV with everybody else, okay? Now, we're going to say this out loud together. John chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. Here we go. Ready? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. You think you can do it? You better do it, because we're going to do this together. Now, I'm going to give you, I'm not just going to kind of leave you out there all by yourself. I'm not just going to kind of tell you to do it and never give you some ideas. I'm going to give you some very specific things you can do that will help you memorize this. Like, here's one simple challenge. Parents, do this with kids. Okay? Now, I'm going to put this out there. I didn't talk to our team about it. I'm not really sure how it's even going to work. But the first person that does this, man, woman, child, whatever, I'm going to let you stand right here and do it if you want to. I'm not going to force you to. But if you learn this and you feel good about doing it, kids, let's beat our parents to the punch. How about that? Let's make our, let's make our parents look silly. Let's get some kid up here who's in the third grade, memorize this whole thing, and challenge mom and dad to do it. Okay? But families, you can do this together. You can sit at night and read these things together. So here's some very practical ways you can learn this scripture. You can understand this scripture. Here's the first one. You can read it out loud. You ought to read it out loud. Right? Don't just read it quietly. Read it out loud. When you read it and then you say it and then you hear it, right? There's an idea of retention there. It's important to read it out loud. Secondly, read it multiple times a day. Like I would encourage you to read through them. You can break it into chunks if you want to, but I would encourage you to read these passages of Scripture multiple times a day out loud. The more you do that, the more it's going to be ingrained into your memory. Here's a third thing you can do. You can play it out loud in your car. Right? If you're like us, we're all over driving all the time. Amy, Amy gave me the great, exciting news. that she, she filled the van up with gas three times last week. I was so excited to hear that. Three full tanks of gas because we're driving all over the county like everybody else, right? You're in your car a lot. Figure out on your phone or your iPad or whatever you want to do how to play it through your car so you can listen to it. If you can't figure out how to do it, ask your five-year-old child. He or she can do it for you, I promise. 
If they can't do it, call me. I'd love to help you. But retention, playing it out loud, hearing it on a regular basis. And then I'm going to give you one more tool. It's called the Bible Memory App. It used to be called Scripture Typer. But I want to show you a picture of the Bible Memory App. It's kind of the red Bible with the cross in the middle. You can download it on your phone. I've talked about this before. I have it on my phone and I use it pretty regularly. It gives you scripture verses. And here's the beauty of how it works. You can put as many verses in there as you want. So you can put the whole John 1, 1 through 18 if you want to. But it starts you off by showing you the verse and you type out the first letter of each word. After you've done that several times, it removes a few words and then a few more words. And then eventually it removes all the words. And you have to type every single word first letter only through that passage of scripture. And so it's just a way for you to memorize it. Guys, if you're like everybody else in the world, when you have a break, you take out your smartphone, you look at Facebook, you look at Instagram, you look at something on your phone. Why not use some of that time with an app that will help you memorize God's word? You can do it. Now, this is not something we're going to forget about. Don't think, ah, he's not going to remember. We're going to talk about this every week. We're going to challenge you every week to do this. I want you to take this to heart, right? Some of y'all, and I don't know who you are, I'm not talking to anybody in particular. Some of y'all have never memorized scripture. Some of y'all can say, I, I don't know really any scripture. Maybe John 3, 16, that's about it. Then, then do something about that. Like make a plan in your life. Be intentional with your faith. Take this to heart. Work hard, and let's accomplish it together. Now, let's continue. Ephesians chapter 4 11 through 16. Let's jump back in it because I want you to see what happens right here. There Again, back to point one. There is an expectation of growth. You need to be intentional. There needs to be some sort of a plan. Now look at verse 11. So he gave the apostles and the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to, verse 12, equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Here's the second truth I want you to see this morning. We grow in our faith by being equipped and by serving. Right, we, we, go, we grow by recognizing there's an expectation. We should be growing. We need to be doing something. We also grow by being equipped and by serving. Now, Paul, who wrote the book of Ephesians, gives kind of two examples here in verses 11 and 12. He talks about the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers. These are the leaders of the church. So Paul says, listen, we've got the leaders of the church that are required to do something very specific so that something will happen. Pull up verse 11, if you would. Ephesians 4, 11. I want you to see it. We've got the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. These are the leaders of the church. Verse 12. They're given, verse 12, so that they can what? Equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now, who are the saints? The saints are you. Christians. People that have followed Christ with their life. So here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, listen, there, there's the leaders of the church, the pastors and the teachers, and, and we could say deacons would fit into that category. The leaders of the church are called to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, right? So it's the job of the leaders to equip the church to do the work of the ministry. Now let's be clear about this, because I want you to understand what's happening here. This is what's important. It's not the job of the leadership just to be the only people doing the work of ministry. Like, like if you think it's just the job of the kind of the pastoral staff or the Sunday school teachers or the deacons to do the work of ministry, our church will never grow because that's just not enough people. It's too small of a pool of resources. But if we take this idea to heart, then we see that the leaders of the church equip everybody else 
so that those other people can go out into the world and do the work of ministry. So that means we need a group of people that are equipping, and we need a group of people that are willing to be equipped. That's you. We don't need people to say, I don't need to learn anything. I've kind of heard it all. We don't need that. We need you to say, listen, I understand that I should be intentional in my faith. I understand that I need a plan to grow in my walk. I understand that I need to be discipled and trained. So I'm willing, you say, to hear, to learn, to be challenged in my faith, to be equipped so I can do the work of Christ in the world. That's the calling that he's given us. So I'm going to give you five just really simple practical things. We talked about a plan. We talked about being intentional. This is just kind of a quick overview of things you can be doing. There's many, many more. But if you say, yeah, listen, I want to grow in my faith. I, don't, I want to grow in my understanding of who Christ is. Here are five very quick things you can do. I'm going to put them on the screen for you. One, become involved or more involved in a small group Sunday school class. Like If you want to grow in your faith, start there. Those resources are it's tailor-made for you. The only effort we need from you is to literally get up out of the seat in a few minutes, walk to another class, and sit back down. That's the way you start it. Not a whole lot of effort. We'll even give you some coffee when you get there. We want you to be involved in a small group. Secondly, join a discipleship group. Right? Discipleship group is a smaller group of people. A small group is 10 or 12 or 15 people that meet on a Sunday morning or maybe another night of the week and study the Bible. A discipleship group is three or four people that meet on a regular basis and pray together challenge each other, hold each other accountable for what the Lord's calling them to do. You need to be part of a small group. You need to be part of a discipleship group. Number three, you need to read the Bible daily. And if you're not in God's word, you're not going to grow in your faith. Fifth, or fourth, we've already given you a challenge. You can do this as a group. You can do this as a family. We want you to memorize John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. Part of the idea of being in God's word. And then fifth, create a personal plan for your spiritual growth. Like you, you need to be honest with yourself. Like We have plans for everything in our lives. Calendars and plans for growth at work and plans to get physically in shape and plans for this and financial plans and all those things are good and we don't want to minimize those, but you shouldn't do all those things and not have some sort of a plan for your walk with Christ. Like What's your plan? How intentional have you been about growing in your Faith. Now, I need to finish this up. Let's look at a couple more verses very quickly, and then we'll finish this up. So we, we talked about the apostles and the prophets to equip the saints for work of ministry. Look at verse 13. Pull 13 up, if you would. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes, rather speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Here's the third truth. We grow in our faith by setting our eyes on the things of Christ. We grow in our faith by setting our eyes on the things of Christ. Jesus is our model. Right? We see this over and over in this passage of Scripture. We see it time and time again through the New Testament. We're supposed to build each other up. We're supposed to grow into Christ. We're supposed to mature in our faith. We're supposed to build up the body. But I want to point out just kind of one idea, and then I've got to finish. 
verse 13. Verse 13 talks about growing into the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Right? We ought to always measure our lives by the standard that is Jesus. Like, Have we grown up to the point? Have we grown up to the point in our lives that we're Christ-like? When we measure ourselves against Jesus, what do we look like? When we measure ourselves against what Jesus does, how do we seem? How do we act? Are we loving people like Jesus loves people? Here's a hard one. Are we forgiving people like Jesus forgives people? Are we walking around and spreading joy and hope and peace and love like Jesus did those things? That's our measure. And as we mature, as we grow up, as we bind together in unity, as we are equipped as we're trained, as we go out and do the work of the ministry of Christ, God is glorified, God is honored, great things happen within our church. Now I want to finish with a couple of questions. Close your Bibles up, close your notes up. Our music team is going to make their way out of here in just a second. And as they do, I want you to kind of close your eyes. Just go ahead and settle back down for a second. I want to ask you two very simple questions. Just kind of you close your eyes and in the kind of the quietness of your heart, I want you to think about two things. Here's the first question. Just a real simple, honest, kind of gut level answer here. Are you growing in your faith? Just a real simple question. Maybe you need to ask your spouse. Maybe you need to ask a trusted friend. Maybe you can kind of figure that out on your own. I don't know. But, but are you growing in your faith? And then the second question, regardless of kind of where you've been up to this point, because nobody can change the past, but from this point forward, what are you going to do to grow in your faith? What steps are you going to take? What changes are you going to make? How are you going to figure out how to love the Lord more, trust Him more, spend more time in His Word, spend more time in prayer? What plan are you going to implement? How are you going to be intentional now about growing in your walk with Christ? Father, we thank you for this text. We thank you for this scripture. We thank you for the time you've given us this morning to study it and to be challenged in our walk and in our faith. When I pray this, this idea of growing and, and maturing and spending time in your word would just kind of resonate in our hearts over the weeks and months to come. I pray we take this John chapter 1 challenge seriously. And I pray through the process of the next many weeks, Father, we would really, really grow in our faith. We grow in our understanding of your word. And I pray you'd be honored and you'd be glorified. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen can stand. The altar is open, an opportunity for you to come and pray. Speak to me. You respond as we sing together. Thank you for joining today's sermon. We would love to hear how today's message blessed you. Use the Contact Us link on our website at rosemontchurch.org. God bless.